Welcome to the Mike Litton Experience Podcast. Mike has over 31 years experience in real estate, finance, and investing. He's passionate about being a father, a teacher, a realtor, an investor, and a leader. Everyone has a story, and our passion is to help them tell it. And now, introducing the host of the Mike Litton Experience, Mike Litton. So what is Mike Time? Mike Time is a set of short stories that have happened throughout my lifetime, experiences of mine throughout my lifetime, that have taught me lessons that I hope will be of value to you. So what can you expect from the Mike Litton Experience? You can expect stories that will inspire, motivate, deliver advice that sharpens your focus, as well as providing expert information regarding real estate, finance, and market conditions. Like I said, I was born in St. Ohio, mm-hmm. but then we moved to, and there was other times when I was really little that because of the war, my uh, dad got a job at the uh, Akron uh, Goodyear plant where they were building planes and tires and stuff like that. So gotcha. we lived there briefly and we moved around a little bit. But we really, for the most part, I could say my childhood in the early years was uh, in Springfield, Pennsylvania. Okay. So like I said, from seventh grade to, uh, I mean, second grade to seventh grade. Okay. And then my seventh grade year, my mom, who was a nurse, mm-hmm. my dad uh, was a bread, he had Wonder Bread and stuff like that, had his route and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And uh, I remember I used to go with him on some of the times because I really enjoyed that. Seven kids in the family. Mm-hmm. And my mother was... Were you the oldest, youngest? No, I was the third oldest. Okay. I had two older brothers, and then obviously the younger, I got a sister that's younger, then uh, another brother, another sister, and another brother, Mm -hmm. but younger, that came along. But there were seven of us all together, and my mom was a nurse, Mm -hmm. and then she started not feeling good and was having some problems. Well, my grandparents, we visited up all the time and would go to back to Salem to visit and everything. I mm-hmm. uh, just thought it would be better if she, we moved back to Salem. Gotcha. Which none of us at that time, because we're, we're, we're kids, yeah. you know, all of our friends were there and stuff like that. Uh, so we ended up, I'll try to shorten as much as I possibly well, can. Okay. You and so sure. we go back to Salem and uh, my brother who was, had already graduated from Springfield High School, mm-hmm. the little school that we that 25, we were, 25 percent graduate class yeah. yeah. uh, he had graduated so he was attending his uh, graduation party and it, that then he could drive and everything so he had driven to that and on his way back he got in an accident oh. and was in the hospital my mom who didn't drive um, my dad was at work because he got up early in the morning and delivered right. a bread they just you do it early yeah, Connie, sure. Ohio and Quite a quite a route. Yeah, and so a neighbor, a friend of ours, uh, his name was uh, uh, Herb Root Jr. Mm-hmm. Root. Uh, he said, "Well, I can take you there because she had to get going." So on the way to the hospital to see my brother, right? They were hit broadside oh my on my mother's side by a drunk driver. He was killed. My mother should have been killed, and. Uh, if you saw the car, you would think there was no way anybody could have survived that. In fact, how you get emotional so thinking sure. back to those times. Absolutely. So anyhow, uh, she was 
they didn't think she was going to live in. It was a little hospital because we were living, we weren't in a big community right. back in back then, and so they had to transfer. They said, "We can't help her here at this little hospital." They took her to. She's going to have to go back to a bigger hospital in Ohio or somewhere. Yeah. And I can't remember. And no, I can't remember. It was in Ohio. I know somewhere that. where they have more. Yeah, technology. a bigger hospital. Yeah. All right. And if she makes it there, maybe they can help her. I mean, brain damage. I mean, all kinds of stuff. She was. Oh my I mean. A, I, it was terrible. I'm sorry. So anyhow, that happened, and my dad didn't have insurance. Mm -hmm. The drunk driver who was killed, he had a big family. He had no insurance, mm -hmm. and so they didn't know if my mom was going to make it or not. And so my uncle, who after the war came out and started freeway trailers, freeway trailer sales here in Escondido, mm -hmm. was doing very well. Mm -hmm. It was over on 13th now where there's a Carl Jr. there and right. some other stuff there. Yeah, but that's where his, yeah. had that whole big area. But he offered to take the three oldest boys hmm. to help my dad out because we had no idea what was gonna happen right. at that time. So he put us on a Greyhound bus and my two older brother, one had graduated, my other one was a year ahead of me, two years ahead of me. Mm -hmm. This was a great adventure. Yeah. I hate, I'm gonna be frank with you, I hated it. Well, uh, what grade were you in? I was, I was just leaving the seventh grade. Gotcha, okay, okay. Yeah. Or eighth grade, I'm sorry, eighth There you grade. go, okay. Yeah. I moved out here when we were in eighth grade. Yeah, and I and I was really close to my mom and dad, not that my yeah. brothers weren't too, we were, we were just a close family because that's yeah. all we had. Oh, sure. You know, because we lived out in the country and, um, didn't, I still remember the house we moved into. We didn't even have an inside toilet. Oh my gosh. We had the outhouses. That's yeah. how old I am. <laughs> but then we finally got all that stuff and everything. Well, that was also the area you were in too. So, yeah, but yeah. anyhow, so we came out to live with my uh, uncle. Mm -hmm. He put us up in the garage and we had the beds in there and stuff like that. But like I said, so I started my freshman year mm -hmm. and I was not a great student. Mm -hmm. I resented being here. I probably spent as much time in the principal's office, I tell people, as I did in the classroom. I just, because I didn't want to be here. I didn't either. <laughs> um, but anyhow, so it wasn't until my, so my mom finally saved her life, but she was never the same. She lost sight in her eyes, had these terrible migraine headaches mm -hmm. and uh, swollen all the time and things like that. And just, but they thought if we came to California, that, that the weather would be better for her. Okay. And she lost her taste, everything, those mm. things. But great lady. Mm. I never heard her complain once. Mm. And so my dad, the whole family, eventually everybody ended up out here mm. in Escondido. Uh, and it took a few years for all that to happen before that could happen. My dad ended up coming out and working for my uncle, taking trailers out to the desert or different places and setting them up. Mm -hmm. The motorhomes, they call them at that time. Now they're module homes and things like oh, that. Yeah. But my, so my dad worked for him and I did that, which I'm very thankful to my uh, uncle for ha having that happen. And what, high, what high school were you, did you start at as a friend? At Escondido High School, it was, okay. only, it was only a high school. My, okay. my two cousins, one was the same age as my older brother, mm -hmm. the other cousin was two years the same as my brother that was also at Escondido High School. Okay. I started out as a freshman, he was a junior. Mm -hmm. Um, and then eventually when my sister and them came out, they all went through the schools out here too. But anyhow, so the family was split up for a few years there. And so I took my freshman year, I was a pretty good sized person, so football, 
There you go. So I so fine. I went out and they, instead of being on the freshman team, they moved me to the JV team because I was a little bit bigger. I'm not saying I was a great athlete or anything like that, but that's what I did. And well, I size that. matters in football. Let's be honest. <laughs> so I ended up playing JV football. Yeah. And then I also played basketball because oh, awesome. I really loved basketball because. Yeah. The little town we came from, mm -hmm. you grew up playing baseball, basketball. Yeah. We didn't, and also our school didn't have football. Right. We didn't. We just didn't have that. We had football. I mean, baseball and and basketball and things like that. So I really enjoyed those. So I ended up doing those things in my freshman year, and then it wasn't until my sophomore year. I was. I'll be frank with you. I was. I was struggling. I just. There were seven kids in the family. Nobody had ever gone to college. I was. That's just not. Wasn't. Our, how we were, it yeah. wasn't part of our family. It wasn't your aspiration, yeah. yeah. So, because uh, yeah. you just, you just didn't think about it. You exactly. were going to get out of high school and then you were going to either go into the service right. or you were going to work. Yeah, have a career somewhere. And, yeah. and I, I was the same way because I just didn't know any different. And my parents were great people. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just, when I look back, what my dad went through, I should have started saying these things. But anyhow, and my mom both. Yeah. Great people. He ended up dying had, at 63. Been rough. He ended up dying at 63, was shot point blank in the chest by a uh, drug addict coming out of a restaurant. Well, my dad never had money, hmm. but he was shot point blank at the chest. And uh, when by then they had moved up to Anaheim, my mother ended up dying at 60 years old of cancer, hmm. breast cancer. So lost them. So a lot of those things, and by then I was teaching at Escondido High School to come back but it was really my parents had a great influence on me but coach Embry coach Chick Embry mm -hmm. that if people that listen to this podcast know anything about Escondido he's a legend here he I is. mean the lives he touched and over the years is just incredible can't even how God had blessed him to touch other people's lives mm -hmm. and my fresh my sophomore year I played for him so I played on the varsity my, my sophomore, junior, and senior year. And Coach Embry had a Bible study during the summers, and he invited me to come to that. So my sophomore year, I went to the Bible study, and I went and listened. And we had gone to church as a family and stuff like that, but I had never personally accepted Jesus Christ as my own personal Savior. So I went, I think that was the second time I went. Um, he said, what do you think about all this? And I said, I want to accept Christ as my Savior. So. He led me to Christ. Mm -hmm. uh, and from that time on, I wanted to be like Coach Henry. Mm -hmm. I, I wanted to come back as a teacher. And if you asked any of my teachers at the time, for me to be a teacher, they would, it was a, there's no way. No way. Because back then, when you were going to high school, mm -hmm. you were either general pattern or college prep. Right. Of course, when I came out here as a freshman, nobody, well, you know, okay. Right. So they put me in general, general pattern. pattern. So yeah. I'm taking auto shop, wood shop, yep. and the lower class that you know right. you're doing English not still. the stuff that prepares you to go to college. exactly right so i fine that's what i'm taking mm -hmm. and i'm glad i took auto shop and wood shop and all those things so don't get me wrong mm -hmm. but my wife diane was the college prep she was a great student straight a's all the time yeah i can imagine and she's really the one that taught me my study habits oh that's and, good and it was amazing how this worked but i can remember my I, I didn't know anybody in town. Mm -hmm. I remember walking up, we lived on a 4th Street here in Escondido. I remember walking up this hill and I said this girl out front doing cartwheels and gosh, I didn't know who she was or anything. Mm -hmm. 
And then she saw me as I walked up. We never talked as freshmen, didn't know who she was or anything. Mm -hmm. I knew who she was, don't get me wrong. She was probably the most popular girl. She was always the queen of, you know, the prince or the princess or the queen or whatever. That does not surprise me. (laughs) Straight A student, CSF, and all all those things that was, I was just the opposite of her. And I knew her my sophomore year, nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just didn't date anybody. I never asked a girl out, never did. So Coach Emory introduced me, uh, led me to Christ mm-hmm. and gave me some direction. He said, Denny, you're capable of going to college if that's something you want to do, mm-hmm. either through your football or just going to college if you want to be a teacher. So my sophomore year, still nothing. My junior year, I started saying, I remember telling my counselor I wanted I think I want to go to college. Mm-hmm. And at first they just kind of yeah. looked at me and said, okay, yeah. great, great. Yeah. Good but, luck, right? So I, I started taking some classes I needed to take mm-hmm. for that. Um, and then Diane, again, now our junior year, this was 1959, and in fact it's our, and we still celebrate our first date, August 22nd. Oh my gosh, 1950. that's coming up quick. It's coming up, yeah. yeah. And we still, I do something for her she doesn't we still recognize that so I had never asked a girl out and my friends kept saying well I think Diane's interested in you and I knew I was interested in her but she so I thought she was out of my league to be honest with you yeah and so finally one night we had two bowling alleys in town and it was a Palomar Lanes and Escondido Bowl mm-hmm. uh, back then I don't know if you were here at that time I wasn't here at that time uh, okay but there was Palomar Bowl on one side of the freeway, then there was Escondido. Now it's, uh, it became the, the Department of Motor Vehicles in mm-hmm. that area right in that. It used mm-hmm. to be Escondido Bowl. And we would hang out there and bowl. Mm-hmm. And we were at Palomar Lanes across at the other one. And I remember saying, why don't you just call her and ask her out? And I said, uh. So finally, there was a phone booth there, and I finally went in and called her mm-hmm. said, uh, who I was, <laughs> all this stuff. And so she said, yes, you know, you know, so we went out on our first date, it was a double date. Mm-hmm. And at that time I had been injured in football, so I had this cast on me. Oh my gosh. And the guy that was a year ahead of me, this Steve Thurlow, who ended up being, ended up going to Stanford, was an All-American there, he played for the New York Giants mm-hmm. as a running back and everything. Him and I were good friends. He was our quarterback when I was in, uh, it, playing for Coach Embry. Right. And so he had this friend, Nikki Nord, who I knew and Diane knew. She says, well, it's double date. So, okay. So I'm in the backseat with Diane. Never really sat down and talked to her at all. But we're talking and he decides that we're going to the beach. So here I am with this cast on. This is at night now. Right. So we end up doing that. And we're sitting on the beach because, and they took off. I don't know where they went. I Now, where was the cast? On this area here. I had, Broken my sternum. Oh my goodness! So, yeah. so they back then they casted you yeah. here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So anyhow, wow. that is to make a long to shorten this thing so we don't go on and on. <laughs> Diane and I, she was the first girl I ever asked out. Mm-hmm. So we started dating our junior year, and then obviously we both decided that we wanted to get through college. Mm-hmm. She was going to be an elementary school teacher. She had to go to school for four years. Mm-hmm. As a high school teacher, I had to go five years. You had to get that extra year in. Wow, okay. So uh, anyhow, so we, we decided we were both waiting until we got a job, we got through school. Mm-hmm. So we dated all that, all those years. Mm-hmm. 
um, very fortunate for that. And we're just obviously now we're celebrating our, it'll be our 58, if you really look at it, we've been together 67 of our years or whatever it's been, but 58 That's of those a long are time. married. 58, 58 years. So when's your 58th wedding anniversary? July 1st. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So you just had it. Yeah. Well, happy anniversary. Oh, thank you. My parents are celebrating 57 next week. Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? So anyhow, to, just to get back, Coach Embry was a huge influence on my life. My parents were, obviously. Coach Embry, as far as giving me a purpose in life yeah. and saying, because if you don't have a purpose, you know, you just kind of, you could drift away in all kinds of different directions. And a lot of kids do, let's be honest. Yep, a lot of kids do like, because yeah. they just don't have that influence. Exactly. So. And so Coach Emery and then Diane's influence teaching me to study. Mm -hmm. We both went to Palomar for two years. Okay, so did I. Because so, I couldn't afford it. In all honesty, I couldn't yeah, afford it because I was living on my own at that time. Um, and my dad and mom were up in Anaheim at that time. And then obviously, as I told you, they passed away in terrible circumstances. But so anyhow, um, I got through, we both went to Palomar for two years, transferred to San Diego State. Mm -hmm. She got out a year ahead of me, got a teaching job, so we were putting money aside. And then, then when I finished up, that's when we got married in 1966. Gotcha. I that's was the 14. year I was born. <laughs> well, you know how old I am. I'm, you know, and that's, that's just the way it is. But anyway, so in 66, I was very fortunate, thanks to Coach Embry and some other staff members that uh, that I knew a long time as because mm -hmm. I ended up being we ended up winning the CIF championship I ended up being a fullback ended up having a scholarship opportunity to go to Oregon University of Oregon I went up there during the summer because I didn't get the college credits I sh or some of the classes I should have they wanted me to come up during the summer and take some of these college classes and which I did mm -hmm. I went up there and lived on my own and Unfortunately, one of the English classes I had, the lady hated athletes. Oh, and what a shame. I know that she, so she didn't pass me. And I know that everything I turned in, to be frank with you, did I do a lot of it? Who, who do you think I had corrected? I oh, yeah, Diane, absolutely. Who's really good. Yeah, so I know the papers. And probably knows more than the teacher does. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I know Diane. <laughs> so the bottom line is, she failed me. Oh, my gosh. But they still offered me the scholarship, but I had been injured my senior year in high school with the sternum and I had a back operation. Right. I had those two things. And finally we're gonna, back then, if the doctor didn't, you had to get a physical, if the doctor didn't approve you, Correct. your scholarship was no good. Mm -hmm. Nowadays they still honor the scholarships, back then they didn't. Right. So I came back and that's when I went to Palomar. I tried to play there for a year. I wanted to really play for Don Coriel, mm -hmm. transferred there, couldn't pass the physical there, so I just, football, okay, fine, I'm gonna coach. Right. So I finished up my, got my teaching credential, came back there, Coach Embry, I turned to the staff there and taught world history and geography the first couple of years, and then I really wanted to be PE, mm -hmm. uh, physical education, and then finally I ended up, that's what I did the majority of the rest of my 30 plus years in the district. Right. So. I was fortunate to get back there. Diane and I got married, coached with Coach Embry until he retired. I had no ambitions of taking over for him, but he talked to me, he said, Denny, you need to, and I wanted to carry on his traditions. And he always got a lot of flack because he had this, these Bible studies, sure. claiming that, well, if you don't go to the Bible studies, you can't play, which is, I can tell you for a fact, that's not true. Mm -hmm. 
And I carried on those traditions. I had Bible studies, and Diane would come home and work six days after she got out of teaching. She worked with her dad. He was a rural route mare carrier. Mm -hmm. So she got a rural route carrier and worked six days a week. Still baked chocolate chip cookies every Friday night for 40-some kids. Wow. She went and ran my booster club, did it, organized all that. She ran the concession stands, her and her mom did, wind up all that stuff. Uh, unbelievable support, my, yeah. my Diane. Unbelievable. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. No, it's I get okay. emotional on you. It's okay. Uh, that's she's, what age she's, she's worth, she's that's worth getting age, emotional that's over. That's what age says to you. She's worth getting emotional over. She's Anyhow, a so, to make a long story short, I was coaching, there were some parents at that time, and I saw them coming, what I call little league parents. Mm -hmm. Just they weren't, they, they weren't there for the kids necessarily. They were going to control everything. Right. And they finally talked this, the superintendent into firing me because, and I, I still, I was just reading through him the other day because I'm sorting stuff out here. Right. Reading through, you know, he's fired because he, I was the only coach ever fired at Eskimo High School. Hmm. And I don't like that. Well, I and I shared that with my staff when I first started the charter school. Um, because it really it ended up, as I look back, God does different things in your lives oh, sure. that prepare you for something that you maybe really can't see. At the time, I didn't like that, mm -hmm. um, but it was for a reason, mm -hmm. because I was having these Bible studies and I was claiming I was proselytizing and if kids didn't come to my Bible studies or didn't go to the Sierras with us, because we would take the whole team up in the Sierras mm -hmm. for a week just to get away and talk to them about stuff. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was important part of the coach every because sure. that's what turned my life around. Sure. And I, so many kids and people that I saw their lives completely change into their adult years. Mm -hmm. Still calling Coach Embry, gosh, Coach, I need your help here. Or, but he was he was always there for him. Yeah. So I did that until then. I went over to Winston and coached over there for seven years. Mm -hmm. And then the charter school movement. So I had great experiences over there. Mm -hmm. Really good people. They treated me really good. And my philosophy was on, the reason I went into teaching and coaching was for kids. Mm -hmm. went, okay, if I'm not at Eskimo High School, these kids, they're still kids. Sure. And you can still have a, hopefully, positive godly influence on their lives. And I enjoyed those years. But I would put 30 years in the district, and I could have retired, to be honest with you, but I wanted to keep coaching, so I stayed on a couple of years over there, and I decided to go what they called Center City High School was an independent study program. Okay. Uh, so I left the Orange Brown and went and did this independent study program. Mm -hmm. uh, my principal recommended that to me. So I went down and did that for four years. And that's when the charter school movement started. Mm -hmm. And I really didn't know anything about it, to be honest with you. But a good friend of mine, Bill Horn, was on the school board right. uh, at that time. And when it came up, I kind of looked at it. Somebody brought it to my attention. Yeah, I could... Because I saw a lot of kids graduating that weren't prepared to go to college. Right. I look back at my experience, sure. and I saw kids graduating from Eskimo High School and Orange County High School. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying they weren't doing a good job, but there were a lot of kids that played for us. They weren't being counseled to say, hey, you're capable of doing better than this, mm -hmm. and that type of thing. And I'm not saying everybody has to go to college, because some kids, they don't. If right. they want to be an auto mechanic sure. or do other things, and they can make a good living at that, great, I'm all... But them. they should at least have the opportunity, exactly, right, and be encouraged, prepared, right, be be encouraged, exactly. and get prepared, exactly, right. If you, so, so if you want to continue, and that that's exactly why we started the charter school. Uh, so in 1996, mm -hmm. 
I'm still working for the district. I'm still at Center City High School, the independent study program. And as a teacher, it was a mill as far as I was concerned for the for the districts because I had 45 students assigned to me. I was teaching them every single subject. I had no chance to build a relationship. No, there's too many. Or to kids. quiz them. You give them assignments. Yeah. And they're supposed to do these assignments, come back and turn them in. Right. Well, you didn't have time to sit there and say, did you really do it? Right. How do I know if they got anything out of it? Right. I couldn't quiz them because I got the next student. Yeah. And it was, it was a no yeah, because I was just, making yeah. money for the district. Sure. We had to do math and everything. And that, mm -hmm. so I had to learn algebra and I had to learn all that stuff to make sure. So you could teach it. Exactly. Yeah. And we, we had no math lab, nothing. Right. We had to do it all. Wow. And I saw this as a mill. So. So you instantly became a jack of all trades in yes. terms of education. So when I finally said, okay, I'm going to do this. And people said, you're great. Penny, who's gonna who's gonna do, come to that school? Yeah. And so I I still have the clipping. I put a little clipping in the paper because by then I'd been in the town for fifty plus years. They knew my coaching philosophy. They knew who I was. It's not like people in in the community were still kind of small in '96 even then. Uh, even though we had started Orangeland High School and then eventually uh, San Pasquale came along, but right. up until then there wasn't. Eskindo High School mm -hmm. for the most part. So anyhow, so a lot I, of people know who you are in this town. Well, <laughs> and, live, and other towns too. Or if you live long enough, you, yeah, you know, and, and hopefully you have a decent reputation. Uh, but anyhow, so I called. I had this meeting, and the district let me use their boardroom. So I put it in the paper, and I think about twenty some parents showed up, mm -hmm. and I explained what my philosophy was. And I told them, from a football standpoint, I believe on. Here's what it is. I use coach as the acronym. Sure. And coaching C stands for consistency. Mm -hmm. Or I'm sorry, your convictions. What do you stand for? Who are you? What are you going to do with our, our students? What do you believe in? So mm -hmm. I went over that with them. And then he always, I believe in over, in other words, repetition, just mm -hmm. like you do in the fundamentals in any sport. Mm -hmm. you, you teach the fundamentals and uh, you rep repeat those things. So when in a game, it's automatic. To right. Same thing. Reading, writing, history, math. Computers, that's what I told them. This is what we're going to do. Geography, whatever it was. Right. We're going to, this is what we're going to spend our time doing. We had no athletics at the time because we were too small. We couldn't sure. afford it. Even though that was where a big part of my life was. Right. And so I explained that. And I said, I'm only going to take 30 freshmen that first year. Mm -hmm. And so then I had a couple other minis and other parents talked to other parents and the crowd got a little bit bigger, and I think we were in our six, a group of 60 that were coming, and I said, we're, our goal is to open up, and I told them we were going to be a business complex, which is across the street. Right. All, there, all these other businesses there. Mm -hmm. And so I took out my credit card and put a down payment on, okay, I'm going to rent these yep. buildings. Uh, and then I was fortunate because the students I had at Center City High School followed me over and left the district and followed me over and I was still teaching them while we were also doing these other things. So there was a So they left the they left public school and came over to charter. We're still public. Okay. Charter schools well, are charter public. charter public, but they, they left the, the district the district and district. came over to charter. Right. Okay. Which that was neat. Yeah, absolutely. And then that very first well, that year, says something about you and your teaching style, uh, obviously. Well and building relationships. Yeah. But which, the leader that you are, people follow. 
so we had this freshman class and that's all we had traditional sea time program and then we had the independent study we grew so fast that first year by the end of the year we had over 180 some kids in independent study oh my goodness yeah i mean it, it first was, year first year wow and so i had to hire people and, that's amazing and when i started the school and i don't i'm not putting anybody down because i had some really there's a lot of great teachers yeah. that are there for kids sure but they're in the, they're kind of held back a little bit because of the union and all that stuff. Really great people. Mm -hmm. They care about kids. But when I left the district, I didn't want to hire anybody that had that district mentality. Right. Because the whole purpose of the charter school is can you improve people learning? Mm -hmm. Can you use your taxpayer dollars that go to kids wisely? Can you be, and it was part of the seven things that they had for charter schools back then when it was approved in 92, uh, was it would be competition because mm -hmm. competition brings out the best anything, which oh, sure. obviously I believe in. I do too. You know, that yeah. entrepreneurial spirit. I like mm -hmm. that part of it. Mm -hmm. So anyhow, so I explained all this stuff to parents and there were enough to for the traditional classroom program that put their kids. And I still, as I look back, I can't believe they did, but they did. <laughs> because everything we have was borrowed. I borrowed from the Navy. We had the desks we had were mm -hmm. those old hard See, the metal ones, yeah, 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 stuff like that. Everything was borrowed. Yeah. My desk, every everybody's was, but the kids. We made it kids, work. We made it work, and yeah. then from there, the next year, we were going to add on a sophomore class. Then a, the next year, the junior class and the senior class. And I thought, by the time we're done, we'll maybe have 150 kids in this school. Over school, school, yeah. Well, because of the people wanting in, we end up with eventually 600 students in our individualized learning program. Oh my and goodness. A, and this was year what? By then we were, we had now transitioned, we were still over there, and we'd taken over just about all of that facility. Right. Over there. So when we were still over there, so it wasn't until 2003 that we moved over here, and we were the first charter school to ever build our own campus using, uh, um, Private bonds, right? And I don't know if you heard that. Well, I was I was sharing that with Neil because he was asking, "Well, how did he couldn't remember?" Even though he was on our board, he just couldn't remember back. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm going too long or not. Just no, no, you're fine. If, no, you're fine. Go ahead. You sure? You got all the time in the world. Okay. Because I'm jumping around here. <laughs> One a little of the beauties bit. of this is this is not radio. This is a podcast. Okay. We have as lo as long time cut, as you'd like to take. Yeah, and you can cut whatever. You're, you're doing mean. great. You're doing so great. anyhow. I'm not cutting anything. <laughs> so my goal was once I started seeing how we were growing, I started thinking to, to my business manager back then, a guy by the name of Dave Montana was a big help to me. Um, we started thinking, let's build our own school. Mm -hmm. You know, it had never been done, mm -hmm. and so. I was at a charter school convention up in Sacramento. I'm walking down the road and I see this government financial strategies. I had no idea what they did or anything like mm -hmm. that. But I walked in, I said, what are you guys? Well, we, we, we do bonds for school districts. In other words, you go out and we sell bonds for school districts. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I'm a charter school, we're a public school. Uh, and the charter schools were fairly still really you know a lot, a lot sure. of people didn't know a lot yeah. about them and the guy you were one of the first in california weren't you yeah yeah that's, oh yeah yeah you were a real pioneer in this yeah 
I didn't know that at the time. No, I know, I know. But it, but it, as you look back, it's, yeah. that was... So I walk in there and they said, more likely, because you only have your charter back, you only had your charter for every, five, as you well yep, know, because yep, I remember yes, you sir. were board meeting. Yes, sir. You only get them for every five years, you yep. have to go back and get them renewed. There are people that still remember that board meeting, yeah. by the way. <laughs> yeah. No, that was unbelievable. That really was. But, but up until that group that you came to, mm -hmm. we were just a high school, right? Yeah. So I had been involved politically because I learned way back after what happened to me at Escondido High School. Mm -hmm. you, you better be involved. So I was involved helping get board members and not that I'm a big political anything, but Diane and I worked hard at making mm -hmm. sure we had good people on our high school board yeah. and knew the superintendent. I grew up with the business manager because he started teaching year after I did, so I knew him very well and all that stuff. So anyhow, I'm up there and they said, chances, because you only get it for five years, mm -hmm. uh, who's gonna loan you, what are right. you gonna need? And I said, well- you need a charter every five years, yeah. Yeah, who's gonna loan you money? At that time we wanted $9.2 million right. to build just right. phase one, not, mm -hmm. the, high, not the gym not or the right. theater, exactly. just this. Mm -hmm. Uh, they said, well, you better go to the rating agency. So I went to them and I met with them mm -hmm. and they just kind of laughed at me and said, kind of wrangled up their nose. What's going to happen? You know, who's got, we're not going to sell bonds to any private people that are going to invest in something. You could be gone in five years. Right. You right. Know, at that time, our renewal, I think we had three years left before we had to go to renewal. Right. But anyhow, who's going to, that's not going to happen. They're going to take that risk. So I went back to the, government financial strategies and I said the rating agencies turned us down and they said well let me get the head of our company she was a young lady that had started this company and really a dynamic person mm -hmm. Lori Ranieri was her name so they finally talked to her and said got her on the phone she called me and she says well what are you trying to do you're a public school I understand that and everything but you want the district to to do go to general obligation bonds? I said, no, the district can't. We have to go out to the private bonds if we're gonna do this. She says, well, let me come down and visit and see what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So she came down and visited us and I said, we got a great working relationship with our high school district. She went over and visited with them. Mm -hmm. She says, how about city council? And I was involved there, mm -hmm. knew the city manager, the all the city council members and people that I had helped over the years mm -hmm. and know who I was and everything. She went and visited them. What do you think of, oh, we're all, this is great. We'd love to have another a, a charter school yeah. moving in here. And so she talked to them and then she called me back. She says, I can't guarantee you anything, but let's put a package together mm -hmm. and see if any, anybody will bite on this. Mm -hmm. So she did and we went out to the market, crickets. Oh my gosh. The last day it was open, one company General Capital out of, and I can't even remember now, I gotta go back and look, but they bought all the bonds. All of them? Yep. The 9.2 million. Yeah, at that time, we, I think we borrowed $9.2 million. Oh and my we gosh. Were, because of the risk, we were paying 7.8% interest mm -hmm. to the people that bought the bonds for their investments and stuff like that. And we really had to script and save, and I, when I, told the staff as we were growing over the years, I always kept them informed all the time. Uh, we always had all staff meetings and things like that because when I came from the district, 
the teachers never knew what was really going on. So I let them know about everything, where the money was, what was coming in, how we were going to spend it. So I told them, our goal is to build a decent high school campus. And I think that was vital, Coach. I really do. Everybody oh. I've talked to that's that's been here a long time, they've been here a long time because you were very open with them. Yeah. And they were as involved as the board members were in terms of what was happening with the finances. Yeah. Nobody gets that. Yeah. Nobody gets that. It's, it made you unique and special in how you built this. Yeah. I really believe that. So the, but once, I appreciate that. But I don't think, of, as you're going along, you're not thinking, I'm just thinking, hey, this is an opportunity here, and so fine, we, we did that, mm -hmm. and we built the campus over here. Now we have this, the guy that owned that was really nice to us. Mm -hmm. He said, tell you what, I'll sell you this. And every by then, we've been in business since 96, this is 2003 now, right? right? We're getting ready to open up the high school, and parents by then, please start a K-8 school. Right. We want to get our kids out of the, and all this mm -hmm. stuff. And I. I didn't grow Diane was an elementary school teacher for 11, 12 years, mm -hmm. and she said, it's a whole different ball game. Yeah, it really is. It's just different. And I said, I know, but we got this facility over here. Mm -hmm. So we started out small. One, I think we started out with one class of 20 in a kindergarten class and 20 in something, and we filled it up right away. Mm -hmm. And now we have four classes of each. Yeah. So that's what we did with that over there. So. We had kept that facility and that turned into our K through eight over mm -hmm. there. Exactly. Our high school was here, right? Mm -hmm. And then because we had, and then if, I don't know if you were familiar with East Valley Parkway, but it was a it was considered a blighted area yep. because right. we had an old movie theater that went out yep. of business, I remember. Carousel. I remember. And it was, it was right over here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was where the, right there. Where the theater yeah, was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was back over in that corner. And there were some other businesses here. Mm -hmm. There was a barbecue place and a, uh, anyhow. Yeah. And then they end up going out of business and they, it, it was, they tore all that stuff down. It was just a blighted area. Yeah, it was awful. And then they wanted to sell that. So I bought the property. We had to put the money aside. We had been putting aside and I let the teachers know why. You may have to sacrifice, but we kept our class sizes to 20. Mm -hmm. Whereas the district, they're in the 30s and 35. Mm -hmm. So they didn't have as many kids. So that was a plus for them. So anyhow, I'm trying to short this as much as I well, can. Well, let me just jump in. So one of the things that attracted us to so the elementary school was literally the class size and the involvement that the, that the teachers had with each student. You just don't have that. And, and in public school, like you were saying, there's 30, 40, 50 kids in a, in a classroom. Right. They don't have time. Right. They're scrambling to try to manage everything and so what was amazing for us was all of the teachers here knew our kids' names and they knew what our kids' challenges were, knew what their strengths were, knew what their personality type was, knew what knew us and knew that they could call us if they needed to, we had their back, that kind of thing. We had to sign a contract that we would be exactly. involved in our students in our students' education. Yeah. We couldn't have been happier about this if we tried. That's how we knew we had a fit here. Yeah, and again, and that was the goal from day one because coming as a football coach, you wanted to make sure that you get so, you knew the kids. Yeah, and the families knew who you were, and you just like yeah. you were talking about. Yeah, it's and, it's a big and deal. We wanted to run the school that same way, and that's why it was so popular. It was so popular because people were. We certainly were. We were in private school. We had the kids in private school, Christian school over here. 
we were thirsting for that kind of relationship. We were thirsting for that kind of contact and, and that kind of involvement. And you created that. And that was a big, big reason why we signed on here and then became probably some of the biggest fans here in terms of promoting the, the school and, and, and everything and you and everything that you did. I mean, we couldn't, we couldn't have been happier. And our children, I shared this with you, our children were so well prepared for college that they were literally tutoring their classmates on how to do their reports. They were tutoring their classmates on how to get through college because they knew how to get through college from going to school here. Yeah. Well, you that, prepared them. And that, and that was the goal. I wanted to know everybody. I wanted the teachers to know everybody. Yeah. We wanted to keep it small because could have we grown? We could, we could have 2,000 if oh, we sure. wanted to, Absolutely. but that's not what we went in business to do. Exactly. What our business model was, education is our business. We're going to keep it a, so we know the kids. We know how, who they are. Well, and that's where the essential is. The and essential like to said, me, the yeah, you stayed within your mission. Yeah. Literally, you stayed within your mission and you didn't take, you know, but, um, Steve Jobs once said that the, the best thing they did was say no to almost everything. Yeah. Right, it's more the things they said no to than the things they said yes yeah. to, yeah, and point. you know it's that staying focused and staying on that message and staying in that mission, that's a big, big part of your success. And I'm saying that from a parent who has, you know, we have two kids that have graduated from here. Yeah. Um, Michael took off like a rocket ship at, at middle school, um, and so did Madison. Madison did really, really well. She had her challenges, but sure. she did really, really well, and she did well because people paid attention her teachers paid attention you know and they were they were communicating with us about encourage her here you know help her here you know that kind of thing and that, i mean i they just it's essential absolutely essential well hopefully we will maintain that obviously i used to know all the students names oh sure now i'm not on the day-to-day -day, sean roner doing a great job of yeah. keeping our culture going i agree with and that. those because again go back to the fundamental values yeah. who are you in, in football, it's blocking and tackling. That's the that's the fundamentals yep. to prepare you for the game. Same way here, it's staying focused on those fundamentals, which is reading, writing, math, and we've added a lot of things that also traditional American culture and values is really important to yep. us and has been. We've maintained that. We have Veterans Day assemblies. We have Patriot Day assemblies. We want our kids to study the great books. Sean has done a great job of doing that. Now even down to the junior high level, mm -hmm. Uh, that everybody said, oh, those kids aren't going to be interested in that. But they are. Well, the kids are interested in what, in, they, they will rise to the standards that you set. Exactly. Okay? That's the key. But you've got to enforce them. Yep. Okay? And I like I was sharing with you before we started this, I literally enforce standards with my children just like I believe my grandfather would have. I raised them exactly the way my grandfather raised me. And I... I absolutely was that immovable object. There was no question. And the thing about here, and I was on the board for four years, you remember right. that. Yep. The thing about this organization, and I'm talking about all the schools, but mostly your leadership. The thing about this place that makes it so special is you never wavered from it. You never wavered from it. It wasn't, oh, well, let's, let's not do this this year, or let's not do this, or let's not recognize this. It was never a question. Yeah. And I think that's part of your upbringing. I think that yeah. comes from being from Ohio and football and, and, and Coach Embry and just the way that your life prepared you for this. And I'm a true believer that God throws, throws challenges in your life to prepare you 
to someday come alongside somebody and help them. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's exactly what happened. Because that's I, what we do. When I got let go at Eskino High School yeah. after 21 years, and then I they transferred me over to Orange Glen, and this was just during Easter vacation. Oh my gosh. I, I was called in and said, when you come back, we want you to report to Orange Glen High School. So fine. Yeah. I did. And it, it was great. But I didn't like it at the time, but as I look back, just like you're talking yeah. about, that was preparing me. Did I have any idea that the charter movement would come out and that I would ever start anything like that? No, but God did. But yes. So <laughs> preparation, just like you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's amazing. So it's how amazing that as you look back at your yeah. life, you can you can see how things you didn't. You know, did I like the fact that different things happened? Mm -hmm. No, but also, what did I prepare me for? What I ended up doing. Yeah. Well, think about it. All those awful things that happened in your childhood got you here out of necessity. Think about that. And you come across Coach Embry. Yep. who completely transformed your life, yep. right? Yep. You can't write that script, Coach. Yep. There's no, no way. No, I couldn't incredible. have come to you back in Pennsylvania or back in Ohio and say to you, you're going to be in Escondido, California as a freshman. <laughs> exactly. Right? You're going to be yep. living in your uncle's garage. Yep. I, I, you, you'd have laughed at me. You'd have told me I was crazy. Yeah. No, it's a incredible. Yeah. So it's to amazing. make a long story short, I've been blessed. Yeah. God has blessed me, looked over me, and thanks. I've had a lot of great people in my life. And obviously, I've... I've been fortunate to surround, have good, well, just like you, being on our board and being there as a, a parent. I still remember you, like we were talking about that board meeting. I still remember you. I remember that. I think they finally had to kick you out or something. Like well, they, they literally, one of the... That's right. They grabbed the, one, right. of the, one of the guys grabbed them, one of the board members grabbed the mic and said, Mr. Litton, either, either, either <laughs> sit down or leave. And I said, I'm not listening to another second of this. And I stormed out. Yeah, and what was interesting was my wife and my daughter, I was telling you about this, they had the keys to my truck and they stayed in the audience, <laughs> right? I thought for sure my wife and my daughter would come out with me. They'd march out with me. We'd be a unified front. Not exactly, right? I get out to my truck and I don't have the keys to my truck. So I come sulking back into the hallway and I'll bet you, I'll bet you a hundred parents walked up to me, hugged me, oh, yeah. kissed oh, I me. Remember. Shook my oh, yeah, hand, gave me high same. fives. I mean, the whole thing. I heard the same thing. Was oh, just, my God. It was unbelievable. Because they wanted to. But yeah, most there were 500 people, people in that room. Yeah. And they were, and it was standing. Remember, it was standing room only. They were lined up out oh, the yeah. door. Oh, yeah. And all of them, to a person, said, yeah. we were all thinking it. Yeah. And you just happened to be the one that said it. Yeah. You know? No, it's incredible. Oh, <laughs> it's just amazing. And we learned from that. That's when we got, because now, that was one of our first, people didn't like us on that board, yeah. as you well know. Yeah. But that's when we got involved politically and we changed up. Yeah. Now we got a very friendly board and people we've had well, great work. But let's let's be honest about something. It's from your track record more than anything else. Okay. okay. You you have consistency, some, I hope. Well you and you have some serious political headwinds in this town. Being on the board and being in those in those board meetings and that kind of thing, I, I learned all that. And I and I it was a real rude awakening for me. But I'll tell you that the people that are parents like me it just steals us more and, and makes us more motivated to push on our side. And, you know, what's interesting, and, and this was, you know, that, that was the reason we had the blow up that we had that day. We never went negative. I was the first speaker, if you remember. You yep, asked me I, to be the yep, first speaker. Yep. And I was honored to do that. Each of us had three minutes. But then they took, 10 of them took all of their three minutes and pooled them together and gave one person exactly. the 30 minutes. Diane and I were just talking and, about that. And when she said what she said, uh, she said one, she called you one thing that was just incorrigible to me. 
and that somebody would say that about another human being in public. And that's when I just, I just had to, I had to stop it. And I did, I stopped it. Right. <laughs> um, but the thing is when, when those types of things happen and the, and our opposition, I mean, we, none of us went negative, not a single one of us talked, attacked anybody personally. We didn't say anything negative. We just talked about how happy we were with the right. charter school that we had and why they should be renewing the charter and approving the renewal of the charter. And, you know, they had to go negative and be ugly and do all those things they, or they felt like they needed to. And it showed a real difference in terms of, of what we were after and what they were after, yeah. right? Yes. And when those types of things happen, because of your consistency and because you did not, you have not wavered. I mean, I haven't seen a single time that you've wavered one iota. We don't waver either, yeah. okay? And it's your leadership that's caused that. It really, ha it really is, and it's, and it's. I've told you this before. I, I am one of your biggest fans because I admire you greatly, and I, I, I'm not sure I could admire you more. I don't think there's any way. The thing is, I watched the end result, and the end result was my kids did really, really well here. Okay, but they would not have done that well here if they didn't have the system that you created. If you hadn't been steeled in, in, in your consistency, if you hadn't just absolutely, and for lack of a better term, white knuckled it all the way through, you know, it wasn't easy. This was not an easy journey, but it was a successful one. And it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, well, so let's, let's talk about, let's talk about today. Now, now, now we're up to today. Mm -hmm. So what's the latest with American Heritage Charter Schools? Okay, the latest is uh, my role has changed. We have a foundation, so I'm still the president and uh, founder of the schools, and I run the foundation. And the foundation's purpose is to support the schools okay. in any way we can. Okay. So I, that's what I do. I obviously I got back Sean Roner, who has been with me now going on 25 years. Yeah. I turned the day-to-day -day, uh, situation over to him because I had some health problems that we won't talk about. Yeah, That's not important, but I still enjoy coming. I still doing the challenge. We're still working on some projects, mm -hmm. but he runs, Sean runs the day-to-day -day operations and they have the, still the high school board, the Escondido Charter High School board and the K-8 board. And he's the executive director of over both of those schools. And we have some principals at each one of those schools. And, and actually we still have a, huge waiting list to get in we, yeah that keeping like you said holding to our guns could have i don't know how many people approached me they want me to start a charter school in san marcus oh, I, yeah. I could have gone to san diego i could have gone that's that's just not i cared about our community given our parents choice here in our community uh our independent study kids can come from anywhere around the county traditional there's boundaries where they have to come from um and so we're trying to keep our class sizes still small. So our our test sorry to interrupt. Our yeah. test scores are still some yeah. of the highest in the in the county, right? Yep. And yes. that was one of the things that I that I remembered the most about about being on the board was we went over test scores. We reviewed those on a regular basis, so that still every good. year, so that we knew where we stood. And we were tops, you know, countywide and 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 tops in the state. And you know, I talked to people a lot. I talk to a lot of people being in real estate. I talk to a lot of people that are looking for homes and they're looking for the next place to live. And, 
you know, I'll talk to, they'll talk to me about the Poway Unified School District. And what's interesting is the Poway Unified School District isn't ranked as high as we are. (laughs) And so I'll have them look at this school in particular and look at the rankings and they're just blown away. And what happens is they start looking at Escondido in terms of real estate mm. instead of a Poway where they're not going to get as much money. Well, it's but I've been doing it for years. I've been doing it now for a long, long time and probably 20 years now. Um, but it's but it's interesting that, you know, if, and, and I just I, I mentioned to you before we got started that we interviewed Alan Nevin the other day. Mm-hmm. Alan Nevin's one of the yes. top economists in the nation. Alan Nevin was talking about school districts the other day when I was when I was interviewing him on our podcast. And he literally said on our podcast, in our interview, he said, if you in San Diego County, if you follow, and he said, and this is true everywhere, if you follow the top districts, the top public school districts, and in this in San Diego, in San Diego, San Diego and, and Poway, the, mm-hmm. the top, you know, in the county. He said, if you follow those, the you'll see that home values in those areas consistently do better. Yes. Okay. The thing about it is that you're also a magnet here. You're a magnet here, just like Poway is and just like San Diego is. You're a magnet for for Escondido. And property values in Escondido, I would submit to you, have been supported because people want to live here and they want their kids to go to school here. Well, it's nice to hear. I promise you that's (laughs) happened because I've seen it happen. Okay. So that's a big deal. You know, that's a big, big accomplishment. Yeah, because families moving in, the first thing they look at is the public schools. First thing. And that's a whole different podcast or yeah. subject to what's Absolutely. happening in our schools today. Absolutely. And, and we can do that. Right. We can do that. The beauty of this is we can do as many podcasts as we want. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know if I should say it on here or not. You're fine. But, Go ahead. But remember that board meeting that you got yes, to If you had done that today, who do you think would have, you would have been investigated? Oh, Sure. And I, like I said, I don't oh, I'd, I'd have been a domestic terrorist. Oh no, I don't want to get into right? that right now in this podcast. Well, but, but I mean, but think about that. But that's how far we've come. I would have in been shorter period yeah, of time. I would have been treated. I would have been treated with a lot different oh. blows than I was treated then. Oh, yeah, you, you know it. And, and by the way, I wouldn't hesitate. Just so you know, I wouldn't hesitate. Even in today's environment, even with all of that, I wouldn't hesitate for a second. Yeah. They can send anybody they want to send to come see me, because I will explain to them exactly what's going on. And you know what will happen. I will win them over. I will win them over. Oh, I don't so, doubt that so back all. so back in the <laughs> so back in the back in the REO days, back when everybody was losing their houses and, and I started my radio show in two thousand eleven out of frustration because people were losing their houses because they were being lied to and mm-hmm. I wanted to get the truth right. out. That's why we started our radio show on seven sixty KFMB. I would spend a lot of time, probably ten days out of every month, I would be in the San Diego court, San Diego Superior Court, wow. in the courthouse on the on a lawful detainer, because I had I had properties that were owned by banks that the the either the tenants or the former owners were squatting in. Okay, and we were in the process of having to, to evict them. And I got to know the sheriffs that, that were on the eviction team. I got to know the sheriffs that that did the that, that check you. You know, when you go through the the check the um, um, the um, the metal detectors and all that at the at the courthouse. Mm-hmm. Do you know I sold I sold property to those guys? No. Well, they became clients of mine. <laughs> they became clients of mine, right? Because I would show up and they go, "Oh, not you again," right? <laughs> you know, kind of thing, right? Yeah. And and we'd get into conversations and we'd talk and you know, what are you doing? Why are you here ten days out of the? What are you a criminal attorney <laughs> or something, right? And we'd get into a conversation and 
you know, those guys don't like attorneys, believe it or not, right? And they'd find out that I was in real estate and, oh, well, you know, I've got a friend that wants to buy a house or I'd like to buy a house and that kind of thing, right? And, you know, those types of things happen. And when people have a chance to get to know you and they get to know what you're about, it changes things for them, okay? And some of my, some of my, some of my biggest fans are in law enforcement. So send whoever you want that's to amazing. my house. Have no, them come talk a, to me. That's incredible. Because then, you know, I'll share with them what I've experienced and I'll share with them why I why I did what I did. You know, I'm happy to to, to defend that because I'm proud of what I did. And I'd do it today. Yeah. In well, the New York second. I would I defend have, you to the I death. Have no doubt about that. Your I would have and dedication. Yeah. And, I mean it's just no. it's and just it's are, the way yeah. I am. I I'd give my life for my kids, and I'd give my life for you. No, well, so, I appreciate that way very is. much. It's the way it and is. And just, like I said, to cap this off, I don't know if it was Lincoln or I'm kind of paraphrasing a little bit. I think it was Abraham Lincoln that somebody said, I hope to live long enough to, by the time I leave this earth, to that people will say, because he lived, God gave him those years of life on this earth. That he was able to make a little bit of difference. Oh, you made a huge good. difference. You no, made I, a huge but difference. I, that's God is really the one that has blessed yeah. and given me these opportunities because it's the old saying: uh, you, a lot of people are given opportunities, but they don't take advantage of them, Correct. or they don't have the abilities. God has blessed me with the opportunity, mm -hmm. and then He provided me the abilities that I wasn't. I never run. A, I ran a football program, mm -hmm. but it, it's not like I had run a big business or anything like that, he gave me those abilities to do that. Mm -hmm. I, I agree with that. I don't know where they came from. Yeah, you can't write the script. Yeah, so there's no way. It keeps going back to thanks to my family, mm -hmm. and then obviously they're the way they brought me up, mm -hmm. and then obviously Coach Embry, Diane, and the good people that I've had a fortune enough to be around like you, uh, that's what makes it all possible. God has blessed me in that way. Yeah. Uh, so I have a lot to be thankful for. I agree with that. So thank Coach, you thank for you. doing thank this. And I'm sorry it. we're on probably too longer than you were. We're fine. To, we're fine. We have as much time as we need. And we'll be back. Okay. We'll be back. And we'll, have a, we'll have a conversation about the schools all and right. all that. And we'll, we'll, we'll cut <laughs> it We'll get ourselves in trouble there. We'll get ourselves in trouble. <laughs> Guaranteed. Right. Thanks, Mike. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed another episode of the Mike Litton Experience. If you did, do us a favor, smash that subscribe button, tell your friends, family, and coworkers about our program, and wherever you get your podcasts, please leave us a rating. It helps us to connect with quality people just like you. And that's a wrap. Another episode of the Mike Litton Experience in the books. Reach out to Mike on Instagram at Litton Realty. Want to meet with Mike? Check out calendly.com slash Rio 760.